from the high desert in far east west texas this is the world's fastest growing sports media podcast with that sports tv ratings and uh, before i introduce today's guest let me uh, disclose that uh, i left corporate america in late 2002 and uh, for about the next 13 years or so watched pti and around the horn pretty much every day Uh, And I know Around the Horn isn't for everyone, uh, but it's for a lot of people, and it is for me. Uh, So it's my pleasure uh, to introduce Aaron Solomon, who is a producer on this show. And uh, Aaron is yet another Washington, D.C. native I've talked to on the podcast. And uh, that's not really surprising because Tony Kornheiser is probably the nexus of my my love of sports media. And, uh, (laughs) And Aaron's father, George Solomon, hired Tony and many, many others. That's right. Uh, And, uh... And so it's my pleasure, Aaron, to welcome you to the world's fastest-growing sports media podcast with that sports TV ratings. Well, Robert, thank you for having me, and I certainly understand that um, it's been a big, big uh, news week for sports media. So I'm flattered that I'm still on the show. So thank you very much. Uh, you know, on that on that topic, I, I will not make you uh, make you uh, opine <laughs> on the uh, on the goings on at uh, at Fox Sports, but I, I'm just curious on uh, that that news broke uh, the Monday before the Fourth of July, uh, which I think yep. is a slow day for for most people, and was probably a slow day for you since Around the Horn wasn't on. How many texts were right. flying flying back and forth between you and people that you work with over that kind of stuff? Uh, believe it or not, it was just the you know my core group um, that I work with at Around the Horn that uh, chimed in. Really, um, I think a lot of people, it, it, honestly, like you know the timing of it. I think a lot of people were out of town and um, you were kind of unaware. And so um, I, I honestly did not get that much uh, correspondence from people. It was really just the uh, the core group that I work with. Nice. Uh, and, and for for those uh, who have been uh, ha- ha- hiding their burying their head in the sand over the Fourth uh, of July weekend, uh, Fox Sports abruptly terminated uh, uh, Jamie Horowitz on Monday, and uh, and I don't really have any anything to say about it except that I, I find the uh, the whole circumstance kind of sad, and uh, we'll have to see how it plays out. But but anyway, uh, yeah, my focus is on you, Aaron, and uh, and. Well, thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, and uh, I am definitely uh, I'm glad that you're willing to do this. Well, first, first of all, I just want to I want to sanity check myself. You are still in D.C., right? In Washington, D.C. <laughs> That's correct. You know, it is kind of hard to kind of keep up with, uh, you know, who's where. But, yes, we are still based out of D.C. Uh, we work out of the uh, ABC News Bureau um, in uh, in Washington, D.C., and um, we've been there for oh geez, um, going on a, a you know. I, actually, I have to look back and see how many years uh, we've been there now. But I feel like um, you know, m- the the main portion of the show has been produced out of that uh, ABC News Bureau. So uh, we've been there a long time. Uh, so I know that uh, th- that uh, Eric Eric Rideholm's group produces Around the Horn, but Around the Horn's not actually one of the shows that he created. Uh, at, at what point mm-hmm. in the uh, in the show's history uh, did did uh, Eric and you uh, jump on the Around the Horn train? Well, um, I actually was with Around the Horn um, from its birth. Um, wow. I was asked to come. Yeah, I was asked uh, to be the associate producer, uh, Bill Wolf, who was basically the creator um, in, uh, of the show, along with uh, Mark Shapiro, Jim Cohen. Um, Bill Wolf hired me as the associate producer, and uh, Brad Como was the uh, basically the lead line producer, and uh, so I worked under Bill and Brad to start, and um, basically did that for a year until they went with Max uh, to New York um, to try the uh, the IMAX show, right? And um, and that's when I became the producer, and um, when they left. And have been on, you know, been the producer ever since. So um, at that, after a year, um, when everybody left, basically um, Eric um, was, you know, put on, you know, put in control, of, you know, to oversee around the horn. I was going to produce the show, and uh, Tony was then going to host the show. And um, it was from then on that basically Eric oversaw um, the operations of Around the Horn. So, so just to get that my, my timing straight, so Around the Horn uh, launched like in the fall of two thousand and two, uh, and this th- this change was like late two thousand three. 
yeah, that, that's well. Let's see. Maybe early two thousand four. I recall it at the you know Max had like a year contract or something. You know his contract was up a year after we started, and so I, I'm pretty sure it was like you know in the fall of two thousand three where you know we. You know, I took the reins as producer, and Eric took over after that. But I, I have to kind of follow up on my uh, timeline there to, to get the exact months. Gotcha. But I'm pretty sure it was just a year. Yeah, it was, it was basically a year into the show. Okay, so I, I want to ask, you know, what are, are going to be some really inside baseball questions, but it's the kind of stuff that's, that's interesting to, to me. Like, how is the regular rotation panel, you know, the rotation panel is set? And how do things happen? Like, uh, how does uh, – how does Frank Isola break into the rotation and then become a, a part of the group? <laughs> um, very good questions. Um, right now I have a, a roster of around 15 panelists. And um, so basically what I do is, you know, and I'm, and I'm putting it together um, as we speak uh, for next week, but um, I, would, I will send out um, an email uh, to all the you know current panelists that um, are active, and um, I will ask what their schedule is the following week, and um, you know they they will get back to me and, and they will let me know their schedules, and you know some of them will be traveling for games, some of them will have vacation time, etc. So um, I basically just kind of lay it out on a big whiteboard in our uh, office. And it's sort of like a beautiful mind trick <laughs> that I've been playing for, <laughs> that I've been playing for 14 years or however many years. And I'll just look at it and just kind of, you know, I'll, I'll keep in mind um, the diversity um, on our panel. And I'll keep in mind, um, you know, I try to get people as many reps as possible, right. um, you know, because that really helps everybody um, just to kind of stay fit, you know, because like, if, you know, you just like the, uh, you know, you just like as many reps as possible if you're a panelist, sure. um, just to, you know, just kind of stay in the loop and all that good stuff. And, and sort of that, that's just how I do it. And, um, you know, we, we just, we try to keep in mind, um, the, like, again, the diversity that we, that we, we now have. Um, and, and again, we just try to, to try to give everybody as many uh, reps as possible. And that's pretty much the game. That that uh, that that makes a lot of sense. So so as far as like breaking in, uh, you know, new blood, uh, you know, Ramona, Frank, uh, Mina, yeah. Mina Kimes, I think is a, a recent addition. How how mm -hmm. does how does that all get vetted and decided on? That you know that actually varies from person to person. Um, you know, some have been we have been encouraged from um, Bristol folks right. to give them a shot. Let's say. Um, some, uh, you know, you know, we'll see on, you know, maybe a regional, uh, show, um, or they may get time on the radio. Um, uh, like, you know, for instance, like, uh, Frank, um, you know, I think you know, we, we knew his, uh, you know, his writing work, um, and we knew that, you know, he had some, um, you know, some, some camera time on, on the regional shows, or, you know, uh, you know, locally for him. And, um, you know, maybe it's just like, hey, he may be a good voice. We, we have a we don't have a, um, you know, a, a New York voice per se. Right. And um, we, you know, we, we could use a New York voice. Um, you know, Ramona, you know, we wanted to give her a, a shot just because, you know, her reporting chops, um, you know, specifically now <laughs> right. um, are so good. Um, that we, you know, we just felt like that would add some credibility to the show. You know, if we had some a, a reporting voice who was just, you know, on top of, you know, the the, M, the current NBA news, what have you. Right. Um, so it all depends. Um, you know, some, you know, like I said, sometimes we'll get uh, some encouragement from Bristol. Sometimes there are finds that, um, you know, that we have that we just want to give them a shot. Um, so, like I said, it, it, it varies from panelist to panelist. Uh, that sounds good. So, I, and I, I know. Uh... I know PTI isn't uh, your bailiwick uh, specifically, but um, how much uh, how much uh, chop busting goes on? I mean, so Frank Frank is getting a lot of the uh, the PTI uh, guest guest uh, spot reps reps these yeah, days. Right? Uh, do do uh, do the panelists bust his chops over that? Is there is there a competitive <laughs> competitive banner behind the scenes? 
yes, yes. I will. I would. I would say so. I don't. I know that um, it, it's all playful. I'll tell you sure. that. Um, that it, yes, but you know, Frank's getting more and more reps on PTI. Um, it, it, when uh, these guys in between segments, when you know we're all together and we're just uh, you know just kind of shooting the shit and um, it's just kind of getting ready to do the show. Yes, there will be some ribbing. Um, Tim Callishaw specifically guilty <laughs> of uh, such ribbing. <laughs> yeah, see, that's but, uh, that, that's the outtakes that I want to see. Yeah, exactly. I, that'll be those uh, uh, really underground uh, clips that uh, maybe after the show is is dead and gone. Maybe I'll, I'll uh, you know unearth those. But yeah, yeah the, um, the the real. No, of... I think you know one of the. What... <laughs> I was going to say one of, one of the really important things of our show is the chemistry. I feel, and you know some of that is developed through those in between segments. Like right. honestly, that that is important. That is an important part. Um, of just getting everybody kind of loose, um, having a good time, uh, not taking ourselves too seriously. And I think we do really well with it, given the fact that, you know, we have 15 people coming in and out of chairs, you know? Right. No, I, I, I agree. And uh, I think the, uh, the, the chemistry is, is definitely, at least for my enjoyment as a viewer, is definitely, uh, definitely a big part of that. So um, yeah. I, you've had, you have this week off, but uh, – you know, if if you didn't have this week off, how, how would today have gone for you? I mean, what what would have been, you know, the process from from you waking up and kind of keeping your eyes on the headlines to, uh, you know, what mm -hmm. time the the show's conference call happens to what time taping happens? How how does all that go? Or, or, or if you want to pick uh, next Monday and, and project ahead, we could do that. Sure. Yeah. No. I mean, you know, it's it's pretty much a daily form of life for me. Um, basically. I have, you know, like Tony and um, my associate producer, Josh Bard, who actually is, you know, he line produces a couple days a week for us, too. Um, you know, we, we will kind of text each other back and forth the previous night if there's something that we see that is of interest, uh, you know, for show. Um, you know, even if it's just like something funny, like uh, somebody catching a foul ball with their popcorn bucket. Right. You know, so so we'll even you know, we'll start uh, thinking about show ideas the previous night, um, let's say. And then, um, you know, we have a core group of, of uh, creative people, um, production people that come in every morning um, between eight, eight thirty. Um, and, and I have a very small group of people that put the show together. I think a lot of people would be surprised to find that out is that, you know, basically I have a core group of four people around me that come in, you know, prior to the conference call and that's it. Right. Um, and you know, um, our job it basically is to just start perusing, you know, the same thing that you do every morning. You start looking at, uh, what's trending. Um, you start looking at, um, you know, the, the most, uh, important stories of the day and you, you just kind of go from there. Now where, you know, my job, becomes difficult at times is you know trying to get um you know the umpteenth story about lebron james um trying to get that story fresh trying right. to come up with new angles and that can be a chore sometimes because you know for that fifth day in a row that we're talking about lebron james um you know there can be sighs from panelists as i introduced it in the conference call um and so, you know, we just try to keep things as fresh as we can on, on a daily basis. And that can be, you know, you know, it can be more challenging on, on certain days than others. But, um, you know, I think we do a good job of, of, of keeping it fresh every day. And, uh, and what, what time uh, does, the, does the daily conference call happen? So, you know, so we usually, like I said, we get together, um, we convene um, my core production group between 8, 830, and then, you know, we, we try to lay out a rundown, and we try to make it as complete as possible by the time the conference call happens. And that happens, <clears throat> excuse me, at around 10.30 every morning. Um, now, the attendance at the conference call, um, <laughs> that is sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we have a full group on board, and um, sometimes because of other commitments, um, uh, you know, they all cannot uh, make the conference call. Um, but I will say, like, the, the one beautiful thing that we have going right now is our Google Doc, 
Um, and what that is, is that's basically our living, breathing document. Um, as the show is um, laid out over the course of the day, we kind of lay it out in a Google Doc formation to where um, if a panelist can't make the conference call, they can kind of follow along with um, you know, what the show ideas are, what order they're coming in. And then we provide that research material um, for them to, you know, dig deeper, um, you know, just underneath the surface for each story. So we, 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 we try to provide them as much information um, so that they're prepared to go by uh, showtime. So not, not, to, not to get too far down the, the path of scoring, uh, but are there scoring penalties mm-hmm. uh, for not showing up for the morning conference call? <laughs> Um, you know, there can be, there can be like, you know, um, but again, it's, it's always in good fun. Um, <laughs> honestly, uh, we, we know there, the expectations of the people that we have, um, beyond just around the horn. So, and we know that this is mostly a second job to everybody else, you know, to, to everybody. Right. So, um, you know, we, we know the time demands, uh, on them are, are pretty large. So, um, you know the conference call it, 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 it's optional, but uh, yeah, we'll give them we'll, we'll razz them. Like let's say, oh, I don't want to name names, but maybe there's a, <laughs> there's a panelist in New York City who is very rare that he attends. He or she attends a conference call, and uh, maybe he or she we give him shit every time he sits down. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but beyond that, no big points deducted or anything like that but uh we 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 know we know the attendance record of everyone (laughs) and uh and how long is the how long does the uh, morning conference call usually last Um, that lasts um i I try and this is a this is a pet peeve for everybody i think who attends the conference call and i think that's sometimes why we have uh sparse attendance at the conference call (laughs) is that you know we try to keep it moving um i try to keep it within an hour and um, the few times it has gone beyond an hour, um, I've gotten some callbacks like, uh, what the hell, man? Let's, let's try to keep this uh, conference call tighter. So uh, <laughs> we try to like, – I'm always producing, man. So uh, you know, I, I even try to time manage the, uh, the conference calls to keep that within an hour usually. And, and you know, I don't, I don't want to give uh, you know, too much of the, of the uh, sausage making away. But uh, the the show is 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 obviously not live. Uh, can can you give like a, mm-hmm. gen, a general uh, timing of of when it's usually taped? Sure. Um, generally speaking, um, we're taping segments by two o'clock Eastern in the afternoon. Um, generally speaking, that uh, tape time, um, you know, from from first word to FaceTime, um, only takes about an hour. So um, it's a pretty quick turnaround time. Um, anybody that comes into it, uh, you know, watch the show, um, who's an outsider, will, is usually like flabbergasted at how quickly it goes. <laughs> yeah, that's surprising. So, me. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's um, it doesn't take long to produce, um, and you know, I try to tape as late as possible. Um, so as not to get burned by, you know, news that is fluid, um, throughout the course of the day. It's a tough thing to do, um, specifically for us, um, just cause we have so many moving parts. I've got panelists who have to move on to their, you know, their reporting duties, um, after the show. So it's not like they can stick around and, and, uh, retape segments if we needed to. So I try to tape as late as possible. Um, but we share facilities with, uh, pardon the interruption and highly questionable. So we have a specific time window, um, of when we can produce our show, um, so as not to impede on PTI's production. Right. So, you know, so in the end, uh, I do have a, a production window I have to kind of, uh, follow and, um, and then just kind of cross my fingers that, uh, our stories hold up throughout the course of the day. Yeah, so uh, we didn't talk about this yet, but uh, you know, t- Tony Reale, uh m- moved to New York. I guess it's, it's, he's in his third or fourth season of doing the show uh, from the New York studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that like for you, producing a New York-based taping from Washington D.C.? It is uh, sometimes a challenge, um, but you know, Tony is so good 
with um, being involved in the show, um, wanting his, you know, you know, wanting his, uh, you know, footprint on the show that it makes it very easy to work with him. Um, you know, we're usually talking to him um, basically on a, a separate conference call, if you will, after the, the main conference call. So that conference, the, the main conference call finishes up around 1130 or so. And then we'll have a separate conversation with Tony um, and just, you know, we'll, we'll ask him how he feels about certain topics and um, and we'll just kind of feel him out to what he's comfortable with. And and then, um, you know, he's usually writing scripts around that time, too. Um, yeah, I was can, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to ask, you know, what what uh, what percentage of uh, reality is off the cuff versus scripted? Uh, can, can you give me a feel for that? Um, sure. Um, usually all the lead ins um, to each story. He writes, um, so that is um, scripted, and um, and then but everything afterwards, like if he's wrapping up a segment, that's all Tony's. And uh, Tony, over the years, really has, you know, I think has found his voice, and and it's still, and, you know, he's still finding it. And I find that um, you know he is uh, more often than not kind of wrapping up in his own little way. Um, it's just, you know, his take on a specific topic, which right. I think is good. Yep. Um, so, yeah. So like, you know, again, that, that is unscripted, but, um, many of the, you know, pretty much all the lead-ins that he writes and in some of the bump outs, um, he writes as well. But, um, you know, when he wraps up a topic, that's all him. So and even in between, you know, when he calls out a guy for, you know, getting some information wrong. That's not scripted. That's that's just him off the top of his head, you know, calling somebody out. Uh, and, and and so I, I think uh, my perception of, of Tony Reale as being extremely very, very, very high energy. Like, I don't think that's just a TV mm -hmm. thing and that he is he is he is as high energy as he looks all the time. Do I have that right? <laughs> You have that one hundred percent correct. And and what's that like to deal with? I, so you know, back in back in my corporate America days, I did I did work with some people like that. Um, it's not always easy. What's that like for you? Um, it's you know, I would have to say it, it is um, it is absolutely a bonus that you would always want out of your host because you know somebody that is that involved in the product um, can it really. Uh, to me, there's no disadvantage to it. I, I love that he's engaged with the show every day. Um, I love that he has higher energy because really, like, he is the point guard um, as right. the host. I mean, he gives this show energy um, to, you know, to the panelists. When he sits down, um, you know, there is a certain kind of level of, you know, captaincy that he kind of takes um, on with, when he sits down. And, you know, that means getting our panelists, giving them some energy, um, just getting everybody excited just to do the show every day. And sometimes that's hard. And uh, he does an amazing job with it. And just, you know, you know, him wanting to, you know, be involved in, you know, writing these VOs, et cetera, every day, you know, we, you know, we could do it for him, but he wants to do it. And that's, that to me is so advantageous for our show. I, you know, I, I can't even begin to, to say how, you know, how important Tony is to, to the final product of Around the Horn. Oh, yeah. I mean, his his uh, his stamp is all over the show. And uh, and, and absolutely. I, and I think I think definitely definitely to the better, though. I, I you know, as a as a PTI fan, I, I definitely miss him. And uh, uh, on on PTI, I am I'm happy for him that he's that he's happy in New York and uh, and still getting to do the Around yeah. the Horn thing. Uh, so, uh, you, we, we, Aaron, we didn't talk about this, but I mean, I know from some of my interactions with you on uh, Twitter, you, you do follow ratings at least a little bit. Uh, and, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, 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 uh, you're the first sort of uh, talent or behind the scenes person who actually works on the show that I've talked to. And, uh, you know, I understand ratings are kind of difficult because, you know, ratings, ratings are cold and they're just, they're just numbers. Whereas, you guys are, mm -hmm. are working on a show, and the show means quite right. a bit to you. Uh, but how, how do you interact with ratings, and, and how, do, how do you view, view that part of the business? Well, I, you know, I try to keep tabs on, um, you know, the weekly numbers, um, just like, the, you know, the, the numbers you were putting out on a daily basis. You know, I, I find them elsewhere now. And, um, you know, I am cognizant of the numbers 
of the shows that are, you know, are, are leading into us. And I'm obviously cognizant of the numbers that we have and then TTI's numbers right. and the six. Um, I, I am aware of all those numbers. I am, you know, usually hopeful that, um, you know, from, uh, you know, HQ, even before I, I hope for is not is to see growth, um, leading into, uh, PTI and then into, into the six. So as long as, you know, as long as my numbers are doing okay in relation to the shows prior to me and to the shows after me, then I'm usually happy. So, um, so now if there's big, yeah, go ahead. So I was just going to say, it sounds like, you know, there, there's a there's a pattern that you're looking at more than the absolute numbers, right? So that if if around the horn is higher than the the show that uh, that is on before it, which right now is highly questionable, and PTI is higher than around the horn, um, you know th- that that has been the general pattern uh, probably for the for the whole time the shows have been on, and as long as that pattern is maintained, you you have a sort of a good sense of how things are going. Do I have that right? Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think, you know, I think when we find, you know, fluctuations in that, you know, I might get concerned um, and, and try to, you know, figure out what's going on, you know, what was going on during that day. Um, why, you know, why would this, you know, number be a little lower than it typically would be, um, you know, maybe the week before, you know, who, who knows, you know, I could, uh, I could just drive myself crazy if, um, you know, if I tried to kind of pinpoint any one day, sure. you know, a number might be lower than than another day. So I try not to, you know, I try not to get that involved in the everyday number, and I try to just, you know, concentrate on um, our lead-in, how we um, perform compared to that lead-in, and then um, how we're giving it to PTI. So that's usually my concern, gotcha. my biggest concern. Yeah, you know, I I didn't uh, when you were talking about the the, the taping process. I didn't a- didn't ask you if you uh, if you guys or or if you and Tony do any kind of a of a post mortem after the show to kind of talk about how things went. Um, you know, sometimes we do. Um, you know, we usually we, we did it certainly when he was based in D.C. a lot more. Right. Um, but you know, usually if it's you know if we have a really really good show where everything's on point, you know. Um, I, it will, will kind of correspond with each other and say, wow, that was a really good one today. Um, and then, you know, if we had some, you know, problems, uh, you know, in a show, like if we redo a segment or something like that, um, then, you know, maybe we'll talk about that. But I think generally speaking, you know, it's, you know, we're making the donuts. We got, you know, h- however many shows under our belts at this point. And, um, you know, it's really just a matter of, okay, well, this, sh- this show is pretty good. Is there any outsta- outstanding issues we need to address? No? Okay. Then it's on to the next show. So you have like a, a closing picture mentality. Well, we're on to a new day. Yeah. Clean slate. Yeah, I, th- I, I think you have to. I think if, you know, if you get, you know, wrapped up in, you know, what happened, um, you know, in the last three hours or whatever, um you know, then I, I, my mentality is like you just got to kind of move forward, and you know you're always going to have that next show. So, right. Um, knock on wood, we keep on having next shows. <laughs> knock, knock on wood. Uh, so, um, yes, you, yes. you talked about uh, that that sometimes you you do re- reshoot some segments. I think I talked to you a, a little bit about this beforehand. Like that, I I have the perception that uh, that uh, that uh, highly questionable, for example, is is against Mulligans. They don't like doing retakes of any of any kind. But uh, I don't necessarily mm-hmm. get that impression from uh, from around the horner PTI, and uh, you've kind of cleared that up. But but what like what happens to cause a retake? What what what, what kind of circumstance? Um, it that? could be an, it could, yeah. I mean, it could be a, any number of things. It can be a technical glitch um, where you know we're not happy with how you know we just you know came into a segment, or um, it can be where um, the panelists are just choppy. Um, where there's just, there's just no, there's not a great flow. Um, and, you know, as a producer, you just kind of sense it and, um, you may just want to just cut it and just try again. Now there may be also a situation where a panelist just misspeaks and gives a, a bad piece of information 
and it's you know at a level where it, you're, it, the benefit would be just to stop down and redo the segment. Right. Um, you know, there are a lot of times where Tony could just correct the, um, a panelist for, for bad information, but sometimes you know it just it benefits everybody if we just stop down and just do it again. Um, you know, we have you know our longer segment um, is the A block, right? Um, as or our first block, which is you know probably goes you know anywhere between eleven and a half, you know twelve and a half minutes. So you know if I'm busting or if I'm you know cutting a segment. Um, you know, nine minutes in, I really don't want to do that. Yeah. So, um, you know, generally speaking, if it's early enough in the segment, I'll, I'll bust it. But, um, you know, I, I try to, you know, I try to stay as organic and um, real as possible with, with the show. So I don't like to bust a segment. I, I like to, you know, I, I love to be a one take wonder really. <laughs> and um, so, uh, that that's my always my goal when I walk into a show. Now, you know, it doesn't always work that way. Yeah, so, po- podcasting and, uh, has given me an idea of how hard that is, and uh, it's pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, but generally speaking, you know, we try to you know we try to keep it to one takes, uh, but you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. Uh, so I, I I feel an obligation to you know with you on to uh, to at least uh, bring up the uh, the topic of scoring which I know you guys have a, a lot of fun with, or at least, at least Tony, uh-huh. has, Tony has a lot of fun with. Um, it, it, you know, is, is there anything to it? Is it, is it just however Tony Reale feels? How much, you know, I think I, I've talked to you a little bit before. It's like, okay, cut, you know, I, I know like if, uh, if Bob Ryan is inducted into a, into a Hall of Fame over the weekend or if, uh, you know, right. if one of the panelists uh, picked a game that no, no other panelists picked and they're on, you know, Monday's show, they're, 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 they're getting FaceTime no matter what. That's how it seems to me. Sure. Um, you know, yeah. uh, do, 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 do I have, do I have that generally right or, or am I off? You do, you do, you do have that right. And, um, you know, I also Tony will, will give you points for getting a call right. And, um, but he'll also dock you points for, um, you know, making a pick and holding you accountable for that pick and taking points off. Um, you know, let, let's say that person made that prediction on Friday. Well, that person may get docked um, the following Monday or Tuesday. Uh, okay. Hey, hey <laughs> so, Aaron, Aaron, as a, as a quick aside yeah. on that, like how often yeah. does Plasky say it's over? Not because he necessarily thinks it's over, but just to make the show a little bit better. Or is it all organic? I think, well, I think now it's, it's, that has become sort of a caricature of, its, of itself. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's a nice element. I, honestly, like Bill, for the most part, uh, will is 100% believes certain series are over. Uh, whether, you know, he's doing it for the cameras or not. I, in the conference call, he will reinforce that. Okay. And um, so, I, you know, I would have to say 99% of the time, <laughs> Bill Pulaski really believes it's over. Okay, so 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 back to scoring in general and, uh, you know, giving giving panelists who made right calls or, or uh, pan, panelists who have earned prestigious awards the win. Uh, what, what else, if anything, like is, is, there, is there a magic sauce beyond the, uh, the pop culture references? <laughs> uh, well, you look, you know, any reference uh, to Goodfellas, you probably get a couple extras. Um, but, you know, honestly, like if you – there is sort of an element to that. Uh, and, you know, references like that would, might give you points. But I think ultimately Tony is looking for, for good content, um, you know, so a, a good stat that may blow him away because he is the original stat boy. So, um, you know, he, he looks for – he looks for ways to give you points. If you're, you know, if you have a, a stat that's gonna, you know, maybe wow him, he'll give you points for that. If you, uh, you know, have a stat that may have been repeated by somebody else um, in that same segment, he said, you know, he, he may call you out on that. Say, I, I just heard that from, right. you know, whoever. So, you know, you have to be on your toes with Tony. That's for sure. And, um, you know, he is an active scorer, and he does it, you know. I think he does it. He does it really well. So, because um, when we have you know substitute hosts, it's not easy. Oh yeah. And um, you know you can and you can see um, how difficult difficult it can be um, for for hosts filling in when Tony's away. So 
he really has made this almost an art form, and um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he should be yeah. commended. Yeah, no, no science whatsoever. At least that could, uh, could can be predicted uh, based on. No, there, no, there's no true science. No true science, and and I believe that uh, 15 years in, I, we get a daily email, uh, or not an email, but a, a Twitter follower who might uh, ask, "How does the scoring work?" So you know, 15 years in, we're still trying to figure out the scoring. But uh, I can assure you, you know, Tony, Tony does it pretty darn well. So, and, and you know, I'm sure it's all in good fun. There, there's, I'm, I'm under the assumption that there's not really any, uh, any uh, animus from the panelists about how scoring is done, or, or is there back chatter about, you know, after the show? Come on, you should have given me more points for that. <laughs> there is, but it's all in good fun. I will say that, uh, you know, there was. Back, you know, a long time ago, um, when we had a certain panelist in Chicago, um, we it was taken a little more seriously than it is now. And so, if if certain things didn't go the way a certain panelist in Chicago wanted them to go, I might have had like a red <laughs> flashing light on my phone waiting for me when I got back up from uh, producing the show during the day. So, it you know, over the years. I think people realize that this is all just good fun, but don't get me wrong. They're, they're competitive and they want to get that face time. Um, but there's real, no animosity after a show ever. Yeah. So, um, this isn't, I've talked to you about this a little bit and I don't have this idea fully baked yet, but, uh, you know, I get a lot of feedback about the, some of the stuff I write and, and, uh, some, some people and with, without any mean spirit, uh, have, have asked me to think about like, why it is that I like Jamel Hill and Michael Smith. And, uh, and you know, that got me started thinking about, you know, why is it that I, uh, I will cut Jason Whitlock slack that I'm uh, not willing to cut uh, some other people. And, and as I think about mm-hmm. it, uh, you know, the sort of the, the nexus of the, of the ride home universe uh, for me as a, as a longtime watcher has uh, created just like this huge extended family of characters uh, and in the in the mm-hmm. case in the case of, of Mariotti, uh, a family member that all the other extended family members love to hate, so that still was okay. Um, and and mm-hmm. and it's just it's just an interesting thing to me uh, as a as a regular viewer that you know just over over time and repetitions, you know, I, I've spent I've spent probably you know days of my life uh, with with uh, with each of the panelists, so. So I'm just wondering, like, what it's like. I mean, I, I don't. I, I'm a weirdo in a lot of ways, but as a regular viewer of Around the Horn, I don't. I don't think I'm any particular exception. How does it feel like just working on a show where uh, you have a lot of regular viewers who, who you know, who do treat I think the 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 casting the cast of characters like a like an extended family. What's that? What's it like to mm-hmm. to make something like that? Well, it's it's uh, it's it's incredibly humbling. I mean, you know, for if you would have told me that. Um, we'd be celebrating our 15-year anniversary in November. I, I would have told you you're crazy. Right. Um, I think it really is an amazing thing that we've been able to, you know, create this show where we have so many voices and, you know, actually voices that have gone on to do bigger and better things. Yep. Um, you know, we have, you know, just kind of made this uh, a, a place where you can kind of develop your craft um, of you know, being uh, uh, an opinionist, if you want to call it that. Yep. Um, and we we kind of just foster that, and uh, we let you develop, and um, we want you to succeed. And I I love being that um, sort of that breeding ground for you know for these bigger faces that you're now seeing. Um, you know, for example, on this on the Sports Center Six with Michael and Jamel, just you know they. They basically cut their chops with around the horn. Yep. So um, it's it's incredibly gratifying to see you know um, our panelists advance and move on to bigger and better things, um, and it's incredibly humbling to to know that we still have an audience that uh, is still interested in the show. I, I can't tell you um, how amazed I am that we're 15 years in. Yeah, it's, 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 it's been a good run. And, uh, you, you've also, and I'm sure you're proud of this as well. You've got the, 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 uh, Bomani and Pablo show coming and uh, though, though mm-hmm. they both have done other things. I would, I would include them among the, uh, among the folks who Absolutely. have cut their teeth on around the horn. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, the list is is pretty large now. Between Michael, Jamel, Bomani, Pablo, I mean, Sarah, um, Sarah Spain is getting more and more run on other programs. Kate Fagan now hosting um, Outside the Lines. Um, You know, and the the, you know the list is even larger than that. I mean, you know, Mina Kimes, who is um, sort of our newcomer now, um, she's getting her voice um, on our show, and you can see her developing with each and every show so um you know to see that every day it's really gratifying you know one of the things one of the things i think we we wanted uh, that i did want to touch on um was just how like we've been almost accepted in you know pop culture world like um, you know, very recently Woody Page and Around the oh, Horn yeah. Jeopardy. Jeopardy question. Yeah, that was awesome. Yes. Um, and, you know, the fact that uh, Mark Wahlberg is impersonating, you know, our show, you know, you saw <laughs> in his direct TV commercial. Yeah. Um, so, oh, yeah. And the, thir- know, the 30, and, the 30 you know, Rock thing, too, from way back. And the 30 Rock thing. So, you know, sometimes, I, I, you know, I used to get sensitive about that, you know, when, you know, they're making fun of you. Um, but in the end, it's like, wh- I, I took a step back and like, wait a minute, we're in the lexicon of people's thoughts, uh, in maybe in, in a, and I just can't believe that. I can't believe that, uh, I saw around the horn in that blue box, um, for jeopardy. So right. it's just, it's, it's crazy to think about sometimes. Yeah. That's, uh, that's gotta be something. So, so there is a, there is a good, uh, there's a good tree coming out of around the horn, which is a, a good segue for me to to circle you back uh, to talking about uh, sure. uh, your father and what it's like growing up in, in D.C. Uh, with sort of, a, you know, from my perspective, a, a very famous sports figure. So to to set the stage, uh, uh, one one of one of your dad's gifts beyond hiring, I think, is good timing. So if I if I read it right, he joined The Washington Post in 1972 uh, which which is right. happens to be the year the uh, the whole Watergate thing started. So the uh, so the, the right. timing was was good from the get go. Uh, but but what's that like for you gro- growing up? Like oh, it's, I mean it is just incredible <laughs> growing up for me. Um, just being around it. Um, you know when you when you make reference to you know Watergate, um, I I grew up going up to his office on the fifth floor of the sports department. Um, passing by Ben Bradley's office, um, giving a wave to Ben Bradley, if you can imagine that. Um, wow. And, you know, sometimes actually going into his office to say hello. Um, and, and that's what I grew up with. And um, it, it, it was incredible. And, you know, sometimes, like I was, uh, I was telling you earlier, um, sometimes, you know, he had a tough job and, um, you know, had to wear it from certain sports owners or coaches in the, uh, in the Washington DC area, for example, you know, there were, there were times when um, if uh, Georgetown was covered in a, you know, in a way that uh, coach Thompson didn't love, then, um, you know, we might get a call to the house from John Thompson, um, which can be incredibly intimidating (laughs) when you answer the phone when you're like 10 years old. Um, you know, you know, can, can, can you go from memory on what the, what was that like for you? It's very simple. It's a very simple conversation. I, I you know, as a ten year old, you, you you know how a ten year old answers the phone. Oh, <laughs> and then on the other line is your father there, and then you kind of know who it is. Dad, I think it's uh, I think it's Coach Thompson. And then he, <laughs> then you hear my dad on the other line saying, "Yes, yes, Coach, I understand, I understand." And so, you know, they work it out, but, uh, that's sort of what I grew up with. And, you know, uh, so many memories of, of just going to games and, um, you know, back when the, the bullets were, were good, you know, and their, their title runs, um, 1978, I can remember where, you know, I, I went to a, a NBA title game and, and afterwards I, I waited for my father cause he went to go get quotes after the game and I would wait in the press room. So, you know, I do have those memories, and, and I remember them fondly for sure. Ah, the Capitol Center. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. So so I think it's, I mean, it's it's kind of an interesting thing because, you know, for, for me now, I mostly hear about your dad 
uh, usually on a reference like on the on the Kornheiser podcast, and it's always in relation to the, you know, to the to the sort of the the George Solomon tree of Kornheiser and Wilbon and Aldridge and Rachel Nichols and Jay Adande and just the, all of the characters. So it's it, it's really interesting to me that you're in a, in a different way, but kind of kind of getting to participate in something very similar. My, you know, at least my job requirements very similar to what he did. I mean, you you know, he basically you know laid out. Um, you know, a newspaper, uh, a sports section. And that's essentially what I'm doing. I'm kind of laying out um, in a different way um, a sports program, a a sports page of my own, per se. You know, what are the best stories? You know, do they go above the fold? I mean, that's maybe my A block. Below the fold um, might be my my buy or sell. And then, you know, if you flip through the uh, the agate page, maybe there's my kicker. Right, right. Um, There's my showdown. So, I sort of, um, you know, take that, you know, his job skills to, to what I'm doing now. They're very similar. And I remember, you know, there were times when we would be, you know, riding in the car. I would be, you know, he would be driving me to a doctor's appointment or something like that or driving me to school. And, and you know, I, and I would ask him, like, you know, wh- why did you put this story above the fold today? And he would tell me. And so I, I, I got his um, – you know, the, just the way he would think about what stories were more important than others. You know, I, I got to understand how he did that um, early on. So um, I, I've always kind of, you know, held on to that as I move forward in, with my professional career. Uh, can you can you talk at all about what your dad is up to these days? Yeah, he is the um, the professor of, of the practice and director of the uh, Shirley Povich Center for Sports Journalism at the University of Maryland. And, um, you know, he really is uh, trying to taught, you know, teach what he taught me all those years of, of how to do this. And, um, he, you know, he's doing very well and, and uh, getting a lot, of, uh, a lot of time with his grandsons. Um, <laughs> he's got a couple of grandsons here and, uh, and two grandsons in Philadelphia and two granddaughters in New Jersey. So, he, you know, he's Busy man. around doing that and. Yeah, he's doing it all, and so um, he's—he is the type of personality that is always, you know, he's always going to need that next thing to do. He's not uh, one to kind of uh, sit back and 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 watch life happen around him. He needs to go out there and, and do something, and, and that's what I love about him. That's that's uh that's that's a, a pretty great outcome for him too. I think uh, to to be spending Absolutely. to be spending uh, what what's he in his seventies now. I don't want to yeah. age him up. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, he is up there, but he is uh, you know, he's like he played nine holes with my grandson the other day, so he is uh, he he's as active as he's ever been. So. Uh, that that is uh, that is great. So, um, not to put you on the spot too much because I know you produce a show and uh, and uh, and personal rooting interests. You you don't want to get them involved, but as a as a DC as a DC sports fan. Uh, what or if you are a DC sports fan? What are your rooting interests? Who do you root Absolutely. for? Well, I, I, I do um, for better or worse. I root for all of the DC teams, and uh, I went to the University of Florida, so I bleed orange and blue as well. <laughs> um, but that's my yeah, that's uh, so, my main allegiance. All DC teams, um, and you know the pain that we go through yes. um, with various with each various team. Uh, <laughs> So that that has been uh, difficult um, at times, but we also have been through our our great years too. So um, anyway, that though, that's who I align myself with. And then uh, yeah, Florida. It, it, uh, every sport with Florida, I also track as well. Okay, so since you're a Florida guy, uh, where do you mm-hmm. st- where do you stand on uh, if if the Mets bring Tebow all the way up to the majors just because it'll sell <laughs> some tickets? <laughs> Hey, look, I think that uh, Tim Tebow can do no wrong. <laughs> I think that uh, he absolutely has earned his uh, major league slot if he is uh, given that uh, opportunity. And um, I do not blame the Mets at all for trying to uh, capitalize on one Tim Tebow. Yeah, I have no, I have <laughs> no uh, University of Florida affiliation, uh, and I agree with you 100%. In fact, I'm, I'm hoping he gets brought up to AAA uh, by, by early August so I can go watch him in El Paso. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Look, he said, you know, he, he, uh, whether, you know, you want to hate on him for his lack of baseball skills, but – 
you know, the guy is trying it at his age, and it's not like he's, uh, you know, you could tell he's he's really giving it his all out there. So, you know, at least you got to hand it to him for that. Now, you know, how quickly he progresses, you know, and, and that's going to tick off some people. But, hey, you know, he's taking advantage of his opportunities, and I can't slide him at all for that. Yeah, me, me either. Hey, uh, Aaron, uh, thanks very much for joining the uh, world's fastest-growing sports media podcast with that Sports TV Ratings. It was a pleasure, Robert. Thank you. Thanks again to Aaron Solomon for joining the podcast. I was a dope, uh, so I forgot to thank Aaron for being part of making something that I've enjoyed for nearly 15 years. So, Aaron, thanks very much for being part of making something that I've enjoyed for nearly 15 years. And uh, after a three-podcast week last week, I'm slacking off a bit this week. But next time, NBC Sports Bay Area's Ahmed Farid. And among other duties, Ahmed is uh, one of the co-hosts of the pre- and post-game shows for San Francisco Giants baseball on NBC Sports Bay Area. And uh, even in a season where the Giants are 20 games under 500, I have watched a a lot of games and a lot of the pre- and post-game coverage, so I'm really looking forward to uh, chatting with Ahmed. And uh, if you missed them, be sure to check out past podcasts that include a long sports media chat with Sports Illustrated's Richard Deitch, a uh, sports media chat with Sports Business Journal's John Orand and Austin Karp, Advertising Agent's Anthony Krupe, the Philadelphia Inquirer's Jonathan Tannenwald, former Variety reporter Oriana Schwint, who is now exploring Centerville, USA, ESPN PR's Derek Volner, and uh, Bill Gorman, who was the brains behind TV by the Numbers. Alexa, play the Around the Horn podcast. Getting the latest episode of Around the Horn. Here it is from Kimi. Welcome aboard Delta Airlines. Please enjoy your flight and thanks for choosing Delta. Jody Avergan here. Thanks for listening to ESPN Films 30 for 30 podcasts from the producers of the award-winning 30 for 30 series. These new audio documentaries are an incredible collection of sports stories you need to hear to believe. It's really a win-win. Delta Airlines makes your travel experience easy and enjoyable with real-time bag tracking, e-boarding, and passport scanning during check-in. And ESPN's 30 for 30 podcasts make your in-flight time rich with stories that will keep you coming back for more. So sit back, relax, and... I guess I was wrong about uh, ESPN not having sponsors for its podcasts. Stop.